Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Chillin' in the State House, the best Kansas government and politics podcast around, in my opinion. Uh, certainly the chillest. Yes. And I'm Andrew Ball, uh, State House reporter for the Topeka Capital Journal, but you probably knew that. And I'm joined by our good friend, friend of the podcast, John Hanna of the Associated Press, as we search for another Topeka Capital Journal. Topeka Capital Journal, State House reporter. John is filling in admirably in the meantime when we don't have other guests. We, we appreciate it, John. Yes, I, I, I am a fan of the podcast, and I concur that it's the best podcast out there on, on uh, state government and politics at the moment. Um, we don't have a ton of competition. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you set the standard uh, by yourself. There you go. And we are, and 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 we in the audience do do recognize your chillness uh, and celebrate it. Well, this podcast is particularly chill. You all can't see it because this is you know audio. But John is in shorts and a t-shirt because he is going on vacation. So yes. we're just hitting new levels of chill. Yes. Today. Yes. Our subject matter a bit less chill depending on who you ask. Yes. And that is the end of the state's COVID-19 emergency declaration. John, I guess the pandemic's over. Well, really the- I, well yeah, everybody go home. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, it's the pandemic is not over. Um, and in the United States, at least, uh, judging by the numbers, it, of course, seems to have abated quite a bit. The, the daily numbers of new cases are much lower. The same with deaths. Uh, there's a note, I would throw out a note of caution that probably testing has also decreased. Yeah, I think we're below, in Kansas anyway, March 2020 levels of testing. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, April, and April 2020 levels. April 2020 levels. And, and some of that is a function of, of vaccinations. And there are, um, there are places, for example, Vermont, uh, where the vaccination rate or the number of people, the percentage of people who've received at least one shot is, I think uh, it's at 80%. And that's what led their Republican governor to uh, end the emergency declaration the same day that Republicans in Kansas, Republican legislative leaders in Kansas effectively ended it. And vaccination rates have varied pretty widely across the nation in Kansas the state health department's figure is I think 43 a little higher than 43 percent I think if you look at the CDC numbers they're it's a, a little, little higher they're a yeah. little higher and uh, I've heard one argument that the reason is is that they include military and VA vaccinations whereas the state those don't get entered into its web IZ uh, system. That's one argument I've heard from public health folks. But if you're trying to get a picture of how many people in the state are vaccinated, it's probably roughly 45, 46, approaching half, having had their first shot. Roughly around 40% are done. Uh, I mean, in terms of being done right now, there is, of course, a sense that people are going to require a booster shot at some point in the near future. But we'll cross that bridge when we yeah. Well, and and it seems like it's going to be. I mean, uh, the sense right now is is that the this strain of the the coronavirus is not going to disappear completely, and perhaps this will become an annual flu epidemic. And the thing people need to remember is that the flu epidemic 
I mean, people treat it as a seasonal epidemic. You get the flu. Most people who get the flu have a miserable two weeks and they recover, but uh, thousands of people do die across the country of influenza. And, you know, they tend to be people who are are weaker, um, older, that sort of thing. But the flu is still a significant public health issue. And, and so if you, even back when people were talking about coronavirus as the flu, this coronavirus, COVID-19 as the flu, um, and it's, it's not, it's different and it's in some ways more transmiss, more dangerous. Um, the fact is the flu itself is dangerous enough for certain groups of people. All that's to say, improving COVID-19 situation in Kansas pushed Republicans yesterday to cancel a planned meeting where they were going to take up the notion of renewing the state's COVID-19 emergency declaration, which is something that the governor, Governor Laura Kelly, has favored. She's wanted an extension at least 30 days. That's the maximum she can require under the law. But she says that really we need it in place until late August. Republicans felt differently. They canceled that meeting. And what happened is at midnight yeah. last night, the emergency declaration ran out. And now it's kind of a, depending on who you ask, the ramifications of that <laughs> are very different. It, particularly when it comes to things like distributing vaccine, which... The declaration was, uh, if you, I mean, this is objectively true, but the declaration allowed the Kansas National Guard to help transport and administer vaccine doses, which they were doing with reasonable frequency, particularly in schools, which you all will recall now younger uh, children are, are eligible, kids as young as 12 are eligible, and the, the guard was going into schools, giving out these vaccine doses. Um the governor's point of view is that it was necessary to continue having that flexibility. Republicans think under the current framework, you can get the vaccine doses administered, no problem. Well, and and, and, and this kind of is like a, a general tension where the governor says, you know, we really need it for a few things. And the Republicans are like, no, you don't. We need to get back to normal. Right. There's this argument as to how much you, the state, state agencies can do and work together without having an emergency declaration. And, um, you know, the governors and her allies, the people in her administration, Democratic legislators are saying, well, yes, we can manage, but it's going to be, um, it's going to be more difficult. It's, it's kind of like when I travel, I tend to end up taking the wrong way a, a, a couple of times and, and take the long way around. Um, and so... But Republicans say, but you can do it. <laughs> right. Republicans say you can do it, and that's the point. And, and I think the argument there is, even though the governor's powers are diminished now under the law, they're still broader under an emergency declaration than they would be without it. And the argument is that the emergency part of this appears to be over. And after 15 months, <laughs> after 15 months. And, and so th I, I don't think that argument 
there, I mean, objectively, there's no sense that that argument is going to go away anytime soon. Uh, there's a very big sense that Republicans are going to talk about this a lot from now all the way through next November in the campaign as Kelly runs for re-election. I mean, Derek Schmidt, the attorney general, Republican who's running for re-election, it didn't take him long to tweet basically his approval of what Republican leaders had done in the end of this. And, and so that is out there, and this has become sort of a dividing line generally, not consistently everywhere between Democrats and, and Republicans. I, I mean, I would note there are Democratic governors in, in New Jersey and Maine who've announced that they will end their states of emergency by or before July 4th. Uh, on and the other, Virgin- Virginia is joining them. Yeah. Although I will say, all those states have higher vaccination rates than Kansas. Well, and and, and it's interesting to note that Missouri's Republican governor, Mike Parson, said he's keep his emergency declaration is is due to run through August thirty first, and he's just when Governor Kelly wanted the yeah, the and Kansas and he stand. he said he thought about ending it, but then decided for now. Uh, to keep it in place so that he could mobilize his national, his state's national guard if necessary. So this debate is not going to go away. And I mean, the context that people need to see is that the pandemic started out with Governor Kelly having very broad power, um, in some ways, power that nobody really knew she had as governor or that all governors have for a situation like this. And over time, Republican legislators has re- have reined that in. They also have reined in the power of local officials and, and health officers in particular. Although some of that is tied to the emergency declaration being in right. place, which is interesting. Which is interesting. But they've they've forced her to accept tighter controls on what what the governor can do in order to keep that declaration in effect because that was so important to her and right it's i mean it's worth remembering last fall it almost ended which would have been made kansas a significant anomaly right i mean um there there are a couple of states where in late fall, I think Michigan and Wisconsin, where yep. courts actually ended uh, the emergency declaration because the governor, the Democratic governors of those states did not want to, and the Republican legislatures were pushing for it. So that, that to me, is, is interesting. I think we should note one, um, one effect of this that Republicans don't seem to be disputing at this point is that the state will no longer receive additional federal dollars for food aid. The program is known as SNAP. I think it's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Um, And it's $14.5 million a month for roughly 63,000 households. That works out to about $230 a month. Which, if you're in poverty, is not insignificant. Well, and and Democrats, the Senate Minority Leader Dinah Sykes said yesterday that will – if you get that aid, that will free up dollars that you can then use to pay your utility bills or help with rent or a house payment. And, and it's worth noting that 
Republicans as part of extending the emergency declaration last month, uh, kind of impromptu worked out a solution where they ended the state's eviction and foreclosure moratorium. And Democrats have kind of seized on both of these in tandem as a, why are you attacking poor people? Well, and, and message. And let's be clear about the context in which these things are happening in terms of what Republicans are arguing. Republicans are arguing that additional benefits, they usually, they've been honing in on the additional unemployment benefits, but the logic of this argument probably extends to other things. Um, Their argument is, is that benefits are generous enough that there's not an incentive for people to go back to work unless employers significantly raise wages. So you're starting to see, for example, in Topeka, you'll see fast food restaurants now paying $12 an hour. And the argument why, and a lot of Democrats and labor people and activists are saying, well, explain to us how higher wages for working people is a bad thing. Um, you know, in their minds, that's good. Well, now employers need to pay more and that's good for workers. But the argument about that is that it makes businesses, particularly small businesses, less profitable. Historically, uh, inflation tends to follow or move along with the rise in wages. And we're seeing a little, we're seeing higher inflation now. And um, it will, at some point, increase the costs of goods and services. I think Chipotle announced that they're raising their uh, if you're a Chipotle lover, that's a debate for another day. Um, they're raising their prices about 4% to accommodate higher wages. And um, I read a, a column in the New York Times where uh, they discussed that that's, that's an issue that the left uh, and people who favor higher wages have to grapple with, that it might cause inflation and higher costs for goods because, you know, America – the U.S. has had kind of this unwritten policy for about uh, cheap food and cheap goods and cheap services as an end in and of itself economically. And so all of that is out there as that, that, that the end of that SNAP benefits comes to mind. And the other that debate also plays out in the extended unemployment benefits and governor kelly has been thinking about considering what to do with that for weeks now and she's been with republicans no and the- business groups have been pushing for her to end those extra benefits with no sign of a decision really on the horizon well no there's not she hasn't given any indication of a timetable for making that decision and of course if she doesn't make it by early august it then it's pretty much moot because the federal government requires you to give recipients 30 days notice and these extra benefits are scheduled to end i think september the 6th so so looking forward i think it's worth noting in terms of the emergency declaration for you Kansans out there, this is not likely to have a measurable impact on your day-to-day lives. I mean, like this is really, the the declaration was really 
tied to governmental machinations. You know, it's not the mask mandates that ship sailed a long time ago. Yeah. Um, you know, I think again, vaccine distribution is probably the main thing. That was the thing the governor honed in on the most in making the argument. Well, for and, keeping and, this. and the Republican leaders in the House argued that there's adequate medical personnel right now to meet the demand for vaccines, and the demand for vaccines has fallen a lot, uh, significantly. Yes, at one point in early April, the state was averaging roughly twenty nine thousand shots a day, and now it's a quarter of that or less. I think the last number I saw was in the 5,500 range as a seven-day average per day. Uh, 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 That's the average per day over a seven-day period. Um, And so... It might mean more of a reliance on contract nurses for the state to replace the guard personnel, which, while potentially costly... You know, it seems like KDHE, from what Health Secretary Lee Norman has said, they're confident that there won't be a interruption felt by regular Kansans trying to get their shots. You know, yeah. Uh, well, and 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 you said it won't affect people's daily lives. I mean, obviously, outside of if you're getting these additional yes. food aid benefits. Yes, sure. I should but, have said that is that is an important. Um, That's a very clear impact. And that, that is probably the only impact that we know with absolute certainty well, and, will and, come and, from this. And, 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 I mean, obviously, going forward, who, who knows what other things will pop up and show themselves. Right. But this was always – this issue of when does the emergency declaration end has been hanging out there for months. Uh, it is, it, it is the quite. I mean, legislators in both parties were asking themselves. I mean, last June, okay, we're in this, and this could be a long thing. How does the state get out of it? How does the state wind down? And you know, everybody has always anticipated at at some point that the number of new cases of COVID-19 is going to get low enough, enough people are going to be vaccinated that there will be herd immunity. That seems significantly off into the future, months, probably several months away at least, um, given the rate of vaccinations and the percentages. But it could go faster. Who knows? That's. But the, the point is, State officials, legislators, others have always anticipated getting to this point. Now, of course, the variable out there that nobody knows right now it is are the variants. Sure, and what and that's been the case. Yeah, but the Delta variant is, yeah, perhaps. And so, for example, you just saw in Britain where uh, uh, Boris Johnson, the prime minister, delayed a loosening of restrictions because they're having. A lot of cases, and what's what's interesting in, is Johnson is facing a lot of questions there about how he handled the coronavirus pandemic, and one his former uh, the uh, I think his name is Dominic Cummings, who was described as his political mastermind, turned on him and was testifying before parliamentary committees about uh, how bad things were and what happened and and all that. So. Um, that debate is going on over there while 
this debate over here in the U.S. is going on. Well, it's worth noting Missouri has seen a significant rise in cases and hospitalizations. And usually when Missouri feels something, really anything, it'll eventually wind up in Kansas. Yeah. So it, I mean, because because Kansas and Missouri share the Kansas City metro area and the Joplin and metro the Joplin area. area to a lesser degree. But uh, I mean, anything doesn't <laughs> nothing in Kansas City seems to ever stay just on one side of the line. Right. So uh, we will see what what happens there but that is an issue um you know what what happens if kansas starts seeing a jump in cases because of variants and there are several i mean there are dozens of them out there i mean people talk about the delta variant and and all that but there you know the the kdhe has dozens of them on its website most of them are not a huge concern but um those are out there so what happens, and of course, Republicans said, well, if we have another emergency, you can issue another deck. The governor, meaning you, uh, it, the governor. I can't, can, I can't issue. Right. No, um, a, a the governor order, can issue. Uh, that's what, who I meant by you. But the governor can issue uh, another emergency declaration, the argument is. It, but that will prompt the whole other round of political. Well, and, and 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 again, under the law, the governor can issue a declaration for 15 days, I think, and then after that, uh, legislative leaders weigh in on extending it, and of course, they get to weigh in on, um, they get to weigh in on her executive orders. So, that's also out there, and it will be. And it would be different in a new pandemic in terms of mask mandates and restrictions on local businesses and who gets to make them and and all of that. Plenty to watch. Plenty to watch. Never a dull moment. No. And we and we will be watching here at Chilling in the State House in the Topeka Capital Journal, if you prefer our written work. You can find that at cjonline.com. You can find the Cap Journal on all the social media, Twitter, at cjonline, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you want to find my tweets, you can find me at Andrew Ball, B-A-H-L. And John, uh, my, my My stuff can be found at a- apnews.com backslash Kansas. I'm on Twitter at apjdhanna. Um, and... Um, I, I won't be posting while I'm on vacation, of course, but uh, check, check back later, check back later. Um, so we'll hope for a slow news period while you're away. So you don't miss too much. Okay. If you want to listen to chill in the state house, we know John loves to listen. Yes. You can find us on Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or you can just go to cjonline.com. We post our podcast every week. We always used to say Monday at 10 a.m. Obviously, this podcast will be coming to you at Wednesday at 10 a.m., but we will do our best to be back on track in the future. And we appreciate our listeners, all of you out there. John's nodding his head. He loves our listeners, too. Yes, yes. I I do... um I do really like the 
the podcast. I like to listen it on it when I'm getting my exercise, for example. You heard it here first, folks. John Hanna approved podcast. Hope you all have a great Wednesday, a great rest of your week, and we will see you next week. Same time, same place. <laughs>